So it's been a couple days. Well, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, haven't been here. It's been a lot going on. Canada Day weekend. It's been a lot going on. Yeah. Happy birthday, Canada. You prepared that in advance, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. You're like, as soon as Kurt says roll, I'm going I'm I'm to say it. I'm going to say I'm something about it. Canada real quick. Canada's yeah. birthday, Canada Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well said, Willie Do. What a way to start the show. Of course, since we've been off for a little bit, my social media blowing up, asking me, poking me. Where you at, Lou? Did you hear the Huawei news? Because as you know, this is where we discuss the happenings in the Huawei department. It's been so much that's happened recently. People come to rely on us to break it down. Well, there's a lot to break down right now. And uh, a response is required on our behalf based on the news that recently broke. It came out of the G20 summit. Trump softening up a little bit in terms of Huawei. And uh, they quote exactly, ready to lift U.S. ban on selling equipment to Chinese tech giant Huawei. So what does this mean? It's not exactly the way you might perceive it. It's not the full-out, full-scale lift that you may have been hoping for. Instead, it's a lift on American companies' ability to continue selling technology to Huawei. And that's important. It's an important distinction. It's an important difference. It doesn't touch or affect any of the pre-existing bans on American providers buying equipment from Huawei. It doesn't change the like it, it doesn't mean tomorrow you're going to buy Huawei devices at an American carrier. This is mostly in reference to the lobbying that has currently taken place from some of the biggest technology companies to Trump and to the US government to the Commerce Department directly. Companies like Google that said, "Hey man, ease up." We got to provide Android. We got to get our software out there into the world. Chip manufacturers, ARM, and so forth. Although ARM is based in the UK, but you understand Intel, companies like this. I think ARM is based in the UK. Anyway, where they're like, hey, this is hurting us. You talk a big game, Mr. Trump. Job creation, American economy, and so forth. And yet uh, you're shutting down our ability to sell certain technologies sell certain products to some of our biggest customers, if not our biggest in some cases. Uh, some of the networking companies, Broadcom, you know, these kind, kind of companies. Chip manufacturers, I spoke about, I said it already. And so the reason this is important is because this is kind of Trump bending to the corporate leaders within his own marketplace. This isn't necessarily him bending to China in the same way that it might be reported or the way that it might be perceived. Yes, it's a good thing for China. It's a good thing for Huawei, but it's not a complete backtrack. It's, hey, I heard from these powerful companies, organizations, executives locally that don't like what I did and say it's affecting their bottom line and I'm here to replenish their bottom line through this removal. Now, it's also important to note that even this change is not fully in effect. The Department of Commerce is supposed to be discussing this, actually, I believe today. But him stating this at the G20 doesn't 
actually put it into into action immediately. That's not how it works within government. The Commerce Department has to discuss. They they take a look at the executive order. Maybe they alter it in some fashion. Now he also said that as that the only way these companies can continue to sell products to Huawei is if the products that they sell, regardless of how complex or or uh, sophisticated they are, the only way they can complete can continue to be sold is if they don't raise national security concerns. So there's still that stipulation in there. But as of right now, the entity list remains in place, unaltered, and the animosity appears to also still be in place in relationship to the to the security threat potential spying, and so on. That that still exists there. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that presumably was discussed in Japan at the G20 between Trump and the Chinese leader Xi. Uh, they they talk. They have a they have a lot of trade talks. Huawei is just one piece, although a symbolic piece and an important piece. And it's good. I mean, them talking in the first place, many the global markets they responded. People happy about it. Uh, companies happy about it. It's it's a good sign. Even a photo op. The handshake, Willie do. You understand the importance of a handshake? Mm -hmm. This is how we start most of our days here in the office. Much like this photo that Will is showcasing of the two leaders shaking hands. We come in, uh, we gather round, we dress in a similar fashion. Actually, we change out of those outfits. We change out of the suit and tie before we shoot to, to seem casual. Generally speaking, when we arrive, we come in our best dressed. Yes. We shake hands. And uh, we set forth the goals for the day, the agendas. We meet in the boardroom. None of that happens. But they're getting something done. They're shaking hands. Did you see Trump even went over to the North Korea? Yep. He tweeted it out. I'm going to go for a quick, quick stop. He said, uh, what do you say, Kim? Is he still Kim? Yeah, Kim. Yep. Kim Kim Jong Un. There was a Kim, the other Kim. Yep. We're, we're on Kim too. Kim V2. Anyway, he's like, he goes on Twitter and he says, I'm in the neighborhood. What do you say I stop by for a minute? DMZ, that's the demilitarized zone at, at the border of South Korea and North Korea. Says, what, do I, what, do I, what do you say I stop by? Come for a quick visit, North Korea. First time ever, I believe, a standing president has entered North Korea in any sense. Pretty wild. Now, of course, underneath the picture of them shaking hands, a lot of criticism. What are you doing with this guy? In fact, even the tweet where he's like, the tweet where he's like, I'm going to go, or hey, want to meet up and shake hands? People were like, he doesn't use Twitter. Twitter's banned in North It's like, yeah, you don't think the news is going to get to him? Jeez. Holy people. Unbelievable. Anyway, they shake hands. What does it all mean? Who really knows? It's better to be shaking hands than not. Right? Most of the time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the North Korea situation, super complicated and, and terrible and all the rest of it. But how do you break it down? What do you do? Tough talks? What do you do? Cross your arms? What do you do? How do you start things up? What do you do? I don't know. Maybe you visit. I don't know. 
I'm not saying I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, in general. That's not necessarily what it means, but hey, it's a move. It's a move nonetheless. So, but of course, uh, in, in, in Huawei terms, just to wrap it up, it's, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think some, a lot of your concerns could be alleviated now in terms of like the Android piece where you were, where the, you, you were like, well, what's going to, what about my phone that I'm currently using the, the global perspective? What if I'm outside the U S I own one of these, uh, not so much the concern of like, can I buy one of these in the U S or what are the 5g towers going to look like, but more along the lines of, uh, Hey, I have a P30 pro. What do I do? Or, uh, what happens to the next version of, of, yeah. of phones from them? This is seems pretty clear. Trump is going to back down, not necessarily to Huawei, not necessarily to China, but to the powerhouses in the American economy that are like, hey, dude, hey, man, we're here. We're, we're out here in San Francisco doing our deal. Can you, like, chill out, please? And that's exactly word for word how the conversation went in Washington. Yeah. So anyhow, I think you can you can you can you can rest a little easier if you're a Huawei fan, Huawei smartphone owner, or you're looking for their next version. I think Google and Huawei are going to keep doing business. That's my takeaway from this situation here. Uh, speaking of doing business, or maybe in this case not doing business, Hong Kong will. It's a situation, dude. It's a real situation. G20 going on. People shaking hands. They're not shaking hands in Hong Kong right now. No. It's a big deal. And, and you may think, hey, Lou, this is a tech show. What you doing now, Hong Kong politics? This affects everything, guys. I'm telling you right now, this is right in the wheelhouse. Last time I was in China, how did I get there? I landed in Hong Kong. Hong Kong proximity to Shenzhen, Hong Kong, connecting the West and the East historically for a very long time. The, the financial hub of the region for a very long time. Uh... What happens here politically impacts all, all trade, all flow of goods from the region to the West, where things end up lining up. People in Hong Kong not happy. And the potential consequences of their unhappiness and their willingness to continue to protest, global consequences at play here. Global outcomes. This is not exclusive to the region, which is the reason I keep looking at it. But because the, the, the potential outcomes as a consequence of this, massive, in my opinion. Things have escalated there to a point now where you got to pay attention. They, they got inside, the protesters got inside the government building. The, the main government building where they, you know, they have the, the, you know those places where they sit around like a city hall type of deal, Council. parliament type of deal. Council building. Council building, official term. This is this is crazy. It would be like as if, imagine they got in the Washington, D.C. Parliament building and they started spraying graffiti on the walls. That's what they did. Look at this. This is wild. This is going on right now in the world. And they're not happy. They're not getting the answers they want. Now, the, the, the government is saying, hey, this is just a rogue group of protesters. This is just young people. This is not reflective. Most people are peaceful. And so on, but they've been they've been protesting for a while now. They are not happy. This handover, this extradition bill, there's a lot at play, and it appears to me that they're not. Uh, at least the people in the street, they're not satisfied with the relationship with China at the moment. Now I'm far away. I am here. Well, I'm in Canada. Mm -hmm. 
You just say Canada Day. Shout out Canada. Uh, I can't speak on a, from a personal perspective on the situation, the history, necessarily what the local tension is about. I'm not on the street. I'd love to be. Give me the, give me the gas mask, Will. You'll, you carry the camera. Let's go. Mm. We leave right now. We got nothing going on here, right? Mm. We got to go report for the world. No, there's lots, of, there's lots of reporting happening out there. The cops kind of backed off, man. The cops kind of, it was like, you do not enter this building. And then it's like quiet. And then they're in the building. Wait, what? Imagine that was a White House. I mean, maybe not the White House because the president lives there. Imagine it was a parliament building in Washington. Mm -hmm. When is the military backing off and letting them just have it? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so, Will. No. So that says something about the commitment level of the policing. Again, I'm at a distance. I just see the footage. I'm not there. But it says something about where the police might, could line up on the political spectrum regarding the stance here, the the independent Hong Kong stance, which is essentially what the protesters are about. They're raising flags of like a withered flower, the flower that's on the Hong Kong flag. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not happy. And at one point there were like two million people marching in the streets. I mean, it's crazy. Look at the graffiti. Will's showing the video right now. I mean, they got into the parliament, spray-painted over all the symbols, the flag. They left their own flag. They got all the pictures of the parliament members in there. And, uh, you know, the chief executive, Carrie Lam, she's in charge. Well, supposedly in charge in Hong Kong. Obviously not that in charge. Uh, She held a press conference 4 a.m., outraged, distressed, but not exactly backing down to the whim the protesters. I don't think they're back in town either. I'm telling you, global implications for what happens here. And I'll just I'll just paint a quick picture for you. Let's say the protests continue. Let's say this group gets themselves a, a leader, and they're like, no, 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 we want to stay independent. We're not this chi- or be independent. I guess they're not technically independent right now. We want to be independent from China. China moves in with the military. What happens? What, what goes on here? What is the what is the flex here? What, did it, what, did, what does the globe say about it? Who gets defended? What right do the people have? How much volume do they need? How long do they have to protest for? How many buildings do they need to enter? How much graffiti needs to be placed? There's a lot of what ifs here. But like I said, got to talk about it. Major global implications. Major insight into the public perceptions in that part of the world. I'm telling you, Will, Shenzhen, we're in Shenzhen. The proximity is crazy. You're talking about like a half hour, hour drive from like the manufacturing hub that feeds the world the products they want. That's where Hong Kong is. And historically, that relationship has been relatively healthy, at least in recent history. The implications here for for China specifically and China's relationship with the rest of the world at play playing into the whole trade situation, the whole G20 situation, and somehow making its way back to the products that you're interested in. This is a, this is a big deal. Speaking of big deals, Google apparently moving on to something different from Android. Apparently, 
some new OS replace, to replace Android. That's the thinking at this moment. Really interesting story and also really interesting timing given all the talk about the ability for other manufacturers to potentially fork Android in the event that they can no longer get access to it, the open source, the kind of current business model that Google has for Android, the idea that any, any manufacturer can install some version of it. We were talking about it with Huawei after the ban. And then this news comes out about this Google Fuchsia, Fuchsia OS, which is supposed to be the next Android, a universal OS that would replace Android without users having to worry about it. What Fuchsia, as it's called for the time being, runs seamlessly on a variety of devices, regardless of, of screen size. Obviously, it means we don't know a lot about it right now. An open source capability-based operating system. You have to ask yourself, why a new name? Why not some next version of Android? Why a complete overhaul? What's going on? Would the, would the potential uh, licensing setup be different? Do they need a fresh start to gather more control over how Google is, is being... Uh, or how Android, sorry, is be, is implemented at the moment. It's funny because that talk about the Huawei OS that happened recently, when 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 it was like, oh, they might not get access to like the the full on version of Android. They're like, oh yeah, we're working on this other one, but the backbone is Android. Like maybe this Fuchsia puts an end to that. Like you can't, like there's no version like that where you can run Android without Google Play services and all the other pieces. Where, where, where Google actually generates revenue. This could, maybe this movement could satisfy it, or maybe it's just strictly software and features and they're like, we need a fresh start from a code perspective. Like, yeah. this is the future right now. It's building like a framework or something. Could, could very well be the case. Now, there's not a ton of information yet. Uh, it was spotted on a, this was, there was a sort of a, some developer documentation that was spotted on Reddit via 9to5google, fuchsia.dev, and it lets you browse through a variety of documents which should be a starting point for developers looking to familiarize themselves with a new upcoming OS. So the thing is moving along, it's happening, and we have to sort of speculate what the motivation for that would be. And I think it's those two things, those two potentials. Or maybe it's, it, it, maybe it's not one or the other, maybe it's both. Maybe it's, hey, we get to start fresh, and also maybe we get to change the way that manufacturers are interacting with this. I, I was thinking for a while, maybe now that they've got so much dominance, maybe it's more of a Windows model, like an install, and uh, OEMs can just grab it. And I, I don't know. Maybe they're running out of Android letters, so that's why they're just going to start <laughs> like a new operating system. Ladies and gentlemen, Willie Do. <laughs> that's Willie Do right there. Let's take a moment. There's only a few left. Let's take a moment just appreciate. Not a lot. What he brings to the table. The humor. Nothing off comes after the Z. cuff type of stuff. Yeah. That's just, it's unexpected. Catches you off guard. And uh, every once in a while you get a little nugget. That's what I like to call it. Hmm. Golden nugget. You know what the golden nugget is, Will? <laughs> no, what is it? It's a famous casino in downtown Las Vegas. Oh, okay. In downtown Las Vegas mostly abandoned at this point. Everything moved to the Strip. But the Golden Nugget is the most recognizable hotel, in my opinion, in the downtown Vegas region. Old Las Vegas. Original. OG Las Vegas. And uh, you can probably bring up a picture there. 
Anyway, Golden Nugget, what a name. Now, obviously, a Golden Nugget, the Gold Rush, you would be sifting in the West. Oh, yeah. Sifting. Along the river. Along the river, looking for that. The Gold Rush, imagine that, Will. All of a sudden, you hear right now, they're finding gold out West, and you're like, see you later, Lou. I'm out of here. I might find myself a Golden Nugget. That's what it was. Anyway, you drop a different type of golden nugget for us like you just did. And I, I personally think it's the reason people tune in, as far as I'm concerned. It's the reason I tune in. You never know what you're going to get from Willie Do. Anyway, Google, there they go. They're at it. They never stop. They're always on to something. Who knows what they're doing and what their real objective or agenda is? I saw, I was watching an interview with Sundar Pichai the other day. And, and they're like, are you an AI company? Are you an ad company? What exactly are you, the interviewer? He's like, we like to imagine ourselves as uh, helping people, helping human beings. It's like, oh, thanks. That's as vague as possible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he was, it was all those kind of like 2.0 era futuristic answers. Yeah. Well, at least he's positive. Of like, you told optimistic. me, you just said a bunch of words. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea what you do. I don't think anyone has an idea. I truly don't think anyone has any idea what Google is actually up to. Like on a day-to-day, -day, like at the highest level. Like here's our big goal. Really? Is it? Sheesh. Who knows, Will? You don't know. They're so diversified, so many products, so many teams. Do they even know? No. Or is it just the future all the time? Every Always. day. Yeah. Might be. Okay. Uh, next up, Samsung's Bixby Marketplace is finally out but it's a barren wasteland. Uh, Bixby, yeah, it's still there. It's still a thing. And they have a marketplace now because that's what you do. Mm. When you've got something that most people consider to be useless or they're just not using it, what you do is you build a marketplace for it. Mm. This, this, for me, is precisely the reason why Google is Google, why the Huawei operating system thing was never really compelling to me, why I, I never believed in this Google alternative. We came from fragmentation. You remember a time, we've been at Android. Since day one, I've been using it. Original Samsung Galaxy had it. Uh, that's not even Android day one, but it's close enough to it. The conversation, it's a word you don't even hear anymore, was fragmentation. What was that was, was floating around in the sphere on YouTube, it was like, oh man, it's so fragmented. Different people on different versions of Android. I mean, there is still fragmentation. It was the argument for iOS, like, you know what you're getting. And uh, it was a nightmare. Everybody was praying, hoping for a consolidation, for uh, norms, for, for, for general rules around what Android was and how devices would interpret it and, and, and all that. And then we got closer and closer and closer to that. And manufacturers want to go the other way because there's this thing, there's this uh, relationship between differentiation and fragmentation. You want to be different, but in order to do so, you have to fragment. And that's sort of where Bixby falls for me. Uh, Samsung, I felt like starting to get it with the One UI, like, hey, people... Unless you can really, truly improve it, like basically deliver something clean and people won't be offended by it. If, you're, if your differentiation factor is minor, I think OnePlus does a good job of this too. Like by, let's say, speeding up animations. 
that's a differentiating factor, but it's an enhancement. It's not some whole new mental workaround where you need to learn some entirely different skin or OS or something like this. And, and, and then this, you know, this Bixby story here for me illustrates the alternative, which is, yeah, we can compete with Google Assistant. Now, I should take a moment to say here, Bixby, believe it or not, for all the bad rap, bad press that it got, could actually do things inside the phone that Assistant isn't capable of on a hardware level. Uh, there, there were some deep integrations available through Bixby. This is the only reason I'm able to tell you this is because of reading about that functionality, not using it myself because I, I'm telling you, I never use it. I use Samsung phones a lot of the time, never use Bixby because I don't want to use some other assistant. There's only place for one assistant. In, in, or maybe two, much the same way that there's space for one or two operating systems. People need standards. I can't be picking up all these different devices and like relearning the whole thing. Like, oh, now I'm a Bixby user and then I'm, it's, you want uniform experiences. I want to pick up another, if I grab somebody else's laptop, I want to know what to expect from an OS perspective. If I grab somebody else's phone or I switch phones frequently and so on, I don't want to, redo the whole learning curve and so on so bixby they're not letting they're not backing off of it they think it's a major factor for them they think it's a differentiator they think it's a reason people are going to buy a samsung device and so they've got this marketplace now which is allowing third parties to build in their own types of uh, integrations for their apps that could be accessible or more sophisticated through through bixby that pe people will be able to interact with uh, different different features, third-party features uh, through Bixby. Anyway, there's like, there's a couple exa of examples of it here, like meme generator, for example. You can you can have a certain set of, that's, that's believe it or not, that's one of the, one of the uh, things available in Bixby Marketplace. There's a, a capsule is what they call it. There's a capsule for meme generator, and you could say, with meme generator, I want to make a meme. So it's like this like sophisticated kind of instruction and Bixby's capable of doing it. But the problem is how do you get the third parties to buy into this alternative platform? They're having a hard enough time keeping their stuff going with like the typical assistants and marketplaces and app stores and so on. And this fragmentation means ultimately less attention from the develop these developers goes into the various places and everything ends up working a bit wackier. Kind of like when BlackBerry was crossing their fingers that people were willing to develop apps specifically for that platform. And, and they were like, well, man, we can barely keep up. We can barely keep our iPhone app good enough the way we want it right now. And now we got to take the team and do this other thing for this smaller uh, marketplace, for this smaller population. They don't want to do it. So anyway, some of this stuff is cool. It's like Alexa skills. Like if you really got into it, you could probably do some cool stuff here. But again, you're going to have to remap your head completely to become like a hardcore Bixby person. And then you're going to have to uh, count on the developers to, to create these capsules. As of right now, it's a wasteland. Hmm. There's like a couple, there's like a dozen things to do in there. And many of them already existed. And a lot of them are like from Samsung themselves. Uh, I don't think there's anything that could ever turn me into a Bixby user. Like I just don't see how it could happen. It would have to be better in every way than Google Assistant. And even there, Google Assistant has everything on me already, right? Because it's the integration into my 
Now, some people are afraid of that. They're like, I don't want everything in one place, but it makes Assistant work so much better when it has the background on you. Mm -hmm. And that's Google, one of Google's strengths. I would not want to be competing with Google right now. Look what happened with Apple. You never hear people talking like about using Siri or how good Siri is. And they got all the money in the world. You know how much money Apple has? You do. Answer it, Will. Trillion. A boatload. <laughs> you knew the answer to that, Will. I don't know why you didn't drop it, man. You had a real opportunity there. That was a moment in time. Apple has a boatload of money. And they bought companies and hired developers. And Siri is garbage. Yeah, same with Apple Maps. Same with Maps. The, this stuff is so hard. I'm telling you right now, Samsung is time to back down. I, I Look, look. if you are a Bixby user, I get it. You can do cool stuff. But I don't want Samsung putting their attention here. I'm telling you. It's too much. Too much to go up against. It's, uh... I want them to spend their time on stuff that Google isn't already doing and doing well. Because that's a, that's a no-win situation as far as I'm concerned. Even with the extended integration... And all that, it ain't there. It ain't prime time. Will he do? Mm. A boatload ain't gonna fix it. Boatload of cash can't fix that situation. Nope. Speaking of boatloads of cash, Tim Cook fires back at Johnny Ive report, claims new Apple products will blow you away. That's Tim Cook right there. You're about to be blown away, Will. Mm. You know, you weren't ready for that. I, I'm not prepared. The Apple CEO wrote a letter to NBC claiming that a negative Wall Street Journal story on Johnny Ives' departure is not true. He is mad. Tim Cook is angry. Well, because Johnny Ive, his departure, much publicized. We talked about it. Uh, the Wall Street Journal report states, hey, he wasn't too happy. It says, it says Johnny was upset that Tim didn't care about the design of products in the same way that Steve Jobs did, that he never visited the design department, that he cared only about money. Sound like a bad relationship, Will. And, of course, that's terrible press for Apple, terrible press for Tim. So he writes an email to NBC and says, I want you to get my side of it out there. Uh, none of this is right. You don't know anything. Our team is talented with or without Johnny. And me and Johnny love each other. And, uh, and I was in the design studio every day. Well, he didn't say that part. But. Uh, look, we speculated on this stuff prior to, to this response from Tim. We speculated on this, that, that there was a special relationship between Johnny Ive and Steve Jobs. We speculated that they had a, 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 a special uh, relationship synergy between one another that you know Steve could dream up the the human need what people were looking for what technology should do for them and then Johnny would make it make it so exist in the real world they had there was a thing there you could see look how look at Johnny hasn't looked like that Will showing a picture of Johnny with Steve he hasn't looked like that in years you see him now at the Mac Pro event? Bring up a picture of him at the Mac Pro event. He's like, get me out of here, please. I got to get out of here. I got to retire or something. I mean, he does not have that smile anymore. I'm telling you right now. You got, no, you got to look at the, the latest Mac Pro event, the cheese grater mm. Mac Pro event. You'll see he's kind of uh, subdued. He's less into it. And, uh, and this is, 
like I said in the previous, when I talked about Johnny leaving, I was like, man, these are people at the end of the day. They're companies with a badge, but they're people making these things for you to potentially buy or not buy. And their inspiration level affects what you end up with. And so the rumor was that he had been showing up less. Uh, also reported in the Wall Street Journal, there was a big beef over the Apple Watch, apparently. He wanted to go one direction with it. The business guys didn't. They wanted another, to go in another direction. He saw it more as a fashion accessory. They saw it more as a phone on your wrist. And uh, anyway, it's a Wall Street Journal report. Take from it what you will. But the fact that it elicited a response from Tim Cook is the story to me. Is that if it if it if it reached out that far, if he 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 jumped in here to to put put his two cents in, for me, Will, that's an indication of some truth, not actually the opposite. For me, the fact that it made it through and the fact that it elicited the response in the first place says there might be something to it. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that it bothered him that much, that the story came out. But it's not much of a secret that Steve was a product guy and the origin of uh, uh, Tim Cook's career there was uh, in the, in the, on the manufacturing side, on the efficiency side. He's got an engineering background, I believe, as well, something like that. So... Two different guys, two different companies because of it. And now I'm not getting down, going down to the rabbit hole of, of uh, Apple is dead without Steve Jobs. They're not. They're just different. And I think most people can agree to that. They're different without Steve Jobs. They're different now without Johnny Ive. No doubt about it. But Tim ain't happy. He says the best products are ahead of them, as you would if you were the CEO of a company. Imagine he came out and said, yeah, you're right. Johnny's gone. We're dead. Imagine that. What would the shareholders do with that, Will? Yeah, I totally tanked, but... Imagine I came in here, Will, business. and... I, imagine right. I came in here, Will, and I said to you, you know, our best years are behind us. Oh. I said, everything we're going to make from this standpoint forward, from this moment here, mm. garbage compared to what we've done. Does that seem inspiring to you? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So he has Quite to say depressing. what he said. He has to say what he said. But Johnny Ives' departure... Make no mistake. You know who like to say that, Jack? Make no mistake. Your boy. Oh, Connor. Connor McGregor. Make no mistake. Make no... Can, uh, Irish accent? Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. What is that, English? That's too English. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. My, mine always goes English, you know? There's no Irish accent in here for, for whatever reason. But Connor will say, make no mistake, I promise you. And you should make no mistake about this. I don't think Apple is better for Ive leaving. I've seen that headline around. I don't think that's the case. The guy was was talented. I don't, I don't see a point in disputing that. And him not being there and being inspired. And yes, you need fresh blood. You need uh, new outlooks. But I think it's a signal of what's happening internally at that company and them becoming more of a services brand and, and so on. And uh, so I think pe people are right to really run their analysis on this and what it, what it says about where Apple is at now and where they came from. Anyhow, Tim Cook, not too happy. All right, Will, last for me here, Defense Department, military, Defense Department, mm. to ban beer and pizza. Well, ah, 
Pizza? Pizza Why? and beer banned for the soldiers. It's a proposal. It's not real. It's not real yet. It's a proposal for the military, the Defense Department, to all go keto. And look, at the, they love the pizza. Who doesn't love pizza, Will? Man, that's rough. Uh, apparently, they, they did the, uh, the nutritional uh, experts, did, they did the background here. They did the research, and they realized that there's advantages to having these guys on a keto, strictly keto diet. If you don't know what that is, that's basically like no carbs. It's like fats and vegetables. That's about it. Meat and vegetables. Um, Particularly, what's interesting in this article is the individual who's proposing the idea suggests that they can hold their breath longer underwater Mm. on a keto diet. How crazy is that? That like the way, yeah, science, the way your body uh, oxygenates could be influenced by if you're in ketosis, which is the state the body goes into on certain food supply in the absence of carbs and particularly pizza. Now, apparently, do you know what MREs are, Will? I'm sure you've seen these on YouTube. People do these. Yeah, meal ready to eat. Yeah, exactly. So in the military, that's, that's, it's, it's popular, it's important. Right. And often, these guys are in tough, tough situation, right? It's pretty grim. So getting to the MRE, one of the popular MREs being pizza, is like, that's the one upside. Like, at least I get the pizza MRE. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to just eat broccoli and coconut oil you know so but they're saying hey that the the military performance would go up if they were i don't know if that's necessarily the case it might just be more grim to participate i don't know where i stand i think these guys should have certain agency over their own diet because one of the issues with this proposal is that it's not just the food you're you're eating while you're in active duty in order to remain in ketosis you got to be on that diet 24 7 even when you're not on duty because of ketosis. Because of this state of ketosis. Yeah. So it's like, should they be really reaching into your into your life, into your weekend barbecue, Will? Or your late night pizza order? Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like being in the army, it's, it's tough as it is. You know, you got to have some luxuries. And I think that's part, part mm-hmm. of it is food. Mm-hmm. And uh, not having, like, not indulging in something like pizza. Oh, man. That's right. tough. It's rough. Now, apparently, according to this proposal, there are other advantages. Fats weigh less to carry around, more calories in smaller packages, so they could save, they could become more efficient at distributing these food rations to the military because of that as well. They're trying to make the case. I don't know that it's going to happen. I, 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 I don't think I see it happening, but it's a proposal at the moment. Maybe this is where we can ask the people to weigh in. What do you think? Keto diet for the soldiers or... Uh, a little bit of pizza here and there. You guys decide. Anyhow, Will, wh- uh, what do you have to say today? What do you got for us? You got a, you got a story you want to cover? You want to head to a question? It's all up to you. Speaking of agency, you're in the driver's seat. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Off the mountain. Um, so just a quick shout-out to Samsung. Um, you giving shout-outs now? Yeah. Um, apparently, he, uh, the DJ Co., He's the, the DJ. CEO of Samsung. <laughs> the yeah. DJ Co. <laughs> Always gets me every time. Yeah. Uh, he apparently admits that um, the Galaxy Fold was a little too early to launch, but he pushed for it to launch on that date in April. Mm. And uh, he's kind of regretting it. He's uh, apologizing. So 
Shout out to him. Now he, I see in this article you're showing me here, he he also said there's still no date. No, yeah, it's still not ready. Still not ready. He's he did claim that all of the mistakes are fixed. Right. But there isn't a set launch date. Yeah, right here it says he says that more than 2,000 Fold device and devices are currently being tested, and that the, all the issues that plague the Fold have been de defined. Mm -hmm. So there's 2,000 essentially new prototypes out there. I'm assuming, you know, their employees are probably using them. And he's saying they're all good. Uh, but 2,000 in the smartphone business is actually a pretty small sample. Um, and also, what do you really, what can you really say at this point? Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's cool he's being transparent on that front. That's one of the areas I feel like our pal Tim there. Yeah, imagine Tim like No, Tim can't talk. That. No, Tim can't talk like that. Can't, you can't. No, Tim don't talk. Tim don't talk like that. No. That ain't no Tim talk. You see that, Will? That ain't no Tim talk. Uh, embarrassing, that's a tough word to say. To be embarrassed, to say you're embarrassed about it. Uh, you know, we never experienced the issue with our Galaxy Fold, but the, the press was heavy. It was heavy, negative press about uh, those things breaking down. Mm-hmm peeling the screen protector, the whole the whole package deal. It also says something about the difficulty of this of this uh, technology in that we still don't have a date. So he was obviously it was like some sort of a space race. They were who's, who's gonna get to the moon first? Yeah, with the Mate X, right? The technological moon space travel. Let's get to there the moon. You go. Yeah. And I mean, people, there were shortcuts. People took shortcuts to get there. Mm -hmm. I like the ambition of trying to get there first with a new technology, obviously problematic new technology, tough, uh, ambitious new technology. But if this had ended up in people's hands, it would have been a, a bad thing. So it's kind of good that it didn't. It's kind of good they cut it when they did. Mate X, also not on the horizon, got delayed. Mm -hmm. Folding phones are further than we originally thought, Will. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. But uh, DJ, the DJ, Co, turns out he's a he's an honorable guy. He's a he's got some. He's a little bit humble. Yeah. And you know we around here we appreciate that. There you go. Yeah. What do you got next? Will? You got a question? Right. Yeah, we got to do a question. Good question. Remember, you want to send your question to the show. It's will at lulater.com. He'll pick it. I don't know how he picks these things, but you, you write a cool question. He may bring it on the show. So this one's from Jonathan. Um, Hi, guys. I'm curious if all of you were instantly transported into the 50s where technology was also non-existent. <laughs> I guess uh, the internet, phones. I mean, technology existed. Te technology is as old as human beings. Yeah. yeah. Um, what primitive technology. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to primitive. Uh, what field of work would you like to do? In the 50s? In the 50s. Automotive. Okay. Easy. And that's still technology, so that's a bit rude. Like in the States? Yeah, absolutely. I go to Detroit. Okay. Yeah, I go straight to Detroit, city of the future, in the 50s. I would drink a boatload of milkshakes mm. and burgers. And I would live in Detroit. And I would work probably for, uh, well, Ford or GM, something like that. Yeah. Automotive executive yeah i'd be like uh trying to push forward some of those 
some of those wild designs. Bring up a couple of those designs. L let's look at cars, Ford cars from the 50s. I mean, they, in a way, were way less restrained in the, in the design. Safety, people didn't care about it that much. This thing's a boat. Look at it. Look at look at these wild things. I mean, they were like they thought they were like spaceships. Look at the Beautiful, ads. Though. Oh, Bring up man. the ads, Will, for these type of cars in the fifties. I mean, look. No, no, no. Go down. Look at that. First of all, look at that life. Look at the American dream, Jack. You'll never experience that. Look at these people right here. He's got the wood paneling on the side of the car. He's bringing the box home. Look at the wife in the window, Jack. You see how the the curtain is flowing as the window is open and she greets the, the the visitors. Jack, you don't know anything about that. No. No. I mean we're not we're not gonna that's not gonna happen again. It's a two Ford garage for two hundred and fifty thousand families. You see what they're advertising there, Jack? Two Fords. You get two cars, the American dream. Jack says they're advertising happiness. I think Jack had a, he had his very own golden nugget in that moment right there. And I know you guys say we need more Jack on the show. W Willie Do refuses. It's not me. I voted for it for the record. And Willie Do said not on my watch. And I said that's harsh. Man. Now they got get tons of emails. They got to work it out. Look. About the look. Look. They got to work it out. Okay. You remember I said they come into the office in the morning with the suit, the tie, and the handshake. Full transparency, no handshake between the two of them. Yeah. Got to release some sanctions. The rest of us, handshakes. Yeah. Two of them, <laughs> stare down. You know, like uh, before a boxing match? Every day. And so I'm trying to put an end to it. Yeah. Hopefully we'll make some progress. Like Willie said, uh, the... Uh, Sanctions, tariffs, we got to have the hard negotiations here. You guys got to hash it out, as they say. Have your very own G20 summit. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. See how he said, we'll do that? That's heavy. <laughs> uh, scroll down. I want one more ad, if you don't mind. Look at that right there, the country one. The new Ford Country Squire. Yeah, look at that. What are they loading up? They're going camping. Look, he's got the dog. They're going hunting. The double duty dandy of them all. That's the double duty dandy of them all. I mean, I need to buy one of these right now. Look, they show how many people you can fit inside of it. What a time to be alive in the 1950s. So I, you know what? That's an easy one for me to answer. Hell of a question. What a guy. Mm. Just, you know, I love it when we see something like that. Knows me too well. Watch the show. Knows me too well. I'm going to the 50s. I'm working for Ford. Maybe, Will, I'm not even working on the cars. Maybe I'm working on the ad campaigns. Yeah. Maybe I'm drawing that. up these, these uh, little dandies right here. Maybe I'm doing test drive a 50 Ford. See, hear, and feel the difference. You see how that works right there? Mm. What a time. Okay. We did it all again one more time. We're hanging on by a thread here. <laughs> you know? Barely. We're hanging on by a thread here, but I love that thread. Yeah. There's no thread I'd rather be hanging on by than this thread right here. Things are happening in the world. Hong Kong, Will. I'm not joking. 
Things are happening in the world. You got to be looking at it, breaking it down. We got to see what's happening out there, how, how people behave. Can I just say, politically, you know, I, I, I said before, it's not a political show. But these people have a point, man. They got a point. That's all I want to say on that matter. They got a point. You, you, you want to have control, some level, some degree of control over your destiny out here. I don't want to get in the way of that. People that want to control their, their outcomes to that degree. You don't want the iron fist. You want to believe that your input matters. So when you get out there and say, hey, we are the people, there's millions of people in the street and we're not down with this. You want to you, you want to you, you want to hope that the people that are in power can recognize that. And respond to it. Because it's reflected. The evidence is obvious, man. Now, look, I told you before, I don't know the specifics. But if the origin if the essence of it is pure, as I'm suggesting, if these people just want more control over themselves, essentially, possibly an ability to vote, something like this, then I got to support that. If that's the intention and it's pure, I got to support that. It's a, it's a wild time in the world. Lots going on. And I just had to get that out there. Uh... I hope this thing works out. I don't want to see anybody get hurt in this matter. Mm -hmm. And I hope these people get some kind of resolution to this situation. 